Welcome to Whispers to a Bride, where we talk about the stuff no one else is talking about. We are going deep on the emotional aspects of getting married, the stress, drama, and turbulence that affects your own sense of identity and your closest relationships. We are talking about what it means to be a bride and how to navigate the sacred time with more grace and ease. I'm your host, Kara Gassabe. As a life coach and therapist, I'm going to be sharing super practical tips so that you can not only rise to the occasion of your wedding, but also your life. Hello, hello, and welcome back. This week, we are talking all about emotional elegance, and I'm going to actually be like referencing the part of my book that talks about this concept of emotional elegance. So shameless plug for the book. It is such a great little easy to read, skim, grab a part that calls to you. It's a wonderful gift. I just believe that like every bride deserves this book. So if you haven't gotten it yet, it's called Whispers to a Bride. I'll be just like the podcast and it's available at Amazon, digital or paperback. So I wanted to just talk about, this is sort of the final third of the book where we're talking about, you know, we've sort of outlined some of the challenges and tough parts that come with being a bride. And then we want to figure out how we're going to like manage, how are we going to use this time to really grow and to really sort of rise to the occasion of your wedding and your life. As I say in the intro, I feel like all of the lessons that we talk about on this podcast are so, so applicable to your life beyond your wedding day, your life before your wedding day as well. There's just so many things, right? Everything is kind of everything. I just happen to like apply all these concepts to your wedding because I'm just super obviously into that space. And I just think it is such a rich time of both challenge and of opportunity to really learn more about yourself and figuring out where your edges are that you really want to lean into, where you need help and where you need more insight and just where you need more peace, where you need more compassion, just so much for a woman as she's entering this and navigating this bridal experience. So emotional elegance, obviously, I mean, don't we all, well, I shouldn't say it all, but like don't so many of us want to be seen as elegant on our wedding day? That just seems like a concept that many, many women are looking to sort of radiate that idea of just elegance. And so we try to do that in lots of different ways, right? We get the facials and we go to the gym and we try to get the perfect dress. And then we try to get this perfect second dress. And then we try to get like the perfect decor and like all of the things to kind of make this image of elegance. And I think that is all great. You know, I do, but it is to leave out that whole like internal experience of elegance and the energetic sort of consequence of not tending to that inner state. So I really wanted to really take that idea and that aspiration quality of being a really elegant bride and turn it towards the emotional side of things, because that's the area I'm telling you, and you've seen it where people just kind of drop the ball. They don't do the prep on it. They don't do the deep work on it. And so they are pretty frazzled, scattered, 
overwhelmed, stressed, angry, tired, burnt out, bitter, regretful, exhausted, just a lot of things, right? Because for, you know, for the guests, they show up on the wedding day and they're like, yeah, hey, let's like, it all begins. But for the bride, it's the end of a usually pretty long and trying period in terms of the wedding planning. And so you can arrive at that day in a very different energetic space than you ever imagined you would and very different than how your guests are expecting you to be because they're forgetting that whole like tough, tough path to the altar. And so when you think about emotional elegance, it's really about your ability to be intentional and flexible with the meaning you make of the challenges that present themselves, of your circumstances. When things pop up, your ability to look at it and create a story and give it meaning in your life, in this instance, that is what cultivates sort of your emotional elegance. And it's not just like your reaction to things and it's not just, okay, fine. I got to always see the glass half full. Definitely. You'll hear what I'm talking about. It generally is a very optimistic point of view that I'm sort of bending us towards, but there is always acknowledgement and metabolizing of the dark parts, the heavy parts, the challenging parts, the bad parts, you know, the disappointments, the frustrations, like we're not like Pollyanna-ish and pretending like we can get around or avoid or just ignore the tough stuff because in the end, right, this is all about change and change is always going to bring lots of opportunity and new expansion and a ton of difficulty and pain and sorrow and discomfort. That's just how change works. All kinds of change, even the good ones. So I feel like the more you can sort of think about how do I cultivate that emotional elegance? So just as like a personal exercise and also just how to show up for your wedding in that feeling state, in that energetic space that you picture yourself, the one that you see like in the magazines and on social media and on the photos, like, you know, that how you want to feel and how do you want to be and how do you want to present and how do you want to show up? And this is what you're looking for, your emotional elegance. And so in the book, I kind of go through a couple different concepts and ideas to sort of help you navigate it. And the first thing is hold two things. And that is one of my favorite concepts. I have a whole episode on hold two things early on in my podcast land. I should have looked at what the episode number was, but go right back to the beginning. You'll see it's like one of the top 15 or 20. And that's just where we are imagining that in all times, right? We want to just focus on the good or sometimes we get lost in focusing on the bad. And if the more you can bring them both together, right, the more that we can realize that like it can be two things. It can be really hard to leave our old life and it can be really wonderful to be starting this new one, right? It can be really exciting to have met your partner and your person. And it can also be really scary because you don't know what it would be like if you ever got divorced and you've never seen, you know, your parents didn't last. And so there can be fear at the same time as excitement and trust and hope. All of those things can be together in the same time. I always like think of the bridal bouquet when I think of the whole two things, because it's like, 
its beauty, its life, its gorgeous flowers. And also they're dying, right? Right in your hands. They've already been cut. They are leaving (laughs) this world. So it's like at the same time, it's like life and death, like beauty and sadness and like just all happening all at once. And so I think the more you can sort of look at things like that, always be when you're really stuck in the hard parts, be reaching for like that opposite part. And then the same when you're totally just obsessed with everything being perfect, like tending to the part of your story that maybe you're really avoiding or the relationship in your life that you're really stressed out about. And you're kind of, you know, afraid to go there, realizing that like it can all happen at the same time. And one does not poison the other. One really helps us appreciate the other and is like, they're just part of what it takes. The other really sort of poignant question, mantra, concept that is part of emotional elegance is what am I making this mean? And that is a sentence I just love to question that it's pretty popular in the coaching world. And I did not make it up. I don't know exactly who did, but it is one of those sort of classic questions. Anytime you are faced with a really disappointing or upsetting situation, you have to ask yourself, like, what am I making this mean? So if somebody isn't responding in the group chat, your immediate reaction might be, oh, she doesn't care about me. She's not showing up for me. She's a bad friend. Right. And so that gives you a chance to be like, wow, I made a whole narrative about that fact. And then you can go in and be like, but is that really true? And is there a way to get more information to really decide and inform the meaning that you make of all of these different things that can happen because that meaning that you make of things is really, it's just key. And that's why I say it's more than just this idea of like just blind optimism, like, oh, surely she will get to it. Like, you don't, we're not just going to say that, but we are just going to say like, what is going on here? And what is the most loving and truthful way to understand and integrate. And from that place, right, you can move with more compassion both to yourself and to the people in your life. I think that is the key. And it's just so important to be aware of these sort of inner pathways that are already pretty deep that are, if you have the story that like people always disappoint you or your mother always does this or your fiance is always going to do this, then when something happens, you sort of like add it to that narrative, add it to the evidence of that. And so you're always making the meaning that like, you're always the one that people forget about, or you're the one that no one cares about, or you, you know, and so I'm not saying that these things aren't true and these patterns aren't completely valid sometimes, but it's just very important to look at the meaning you make of your circumstances. And that can just put enough space between you and whatever you're struggling with to really give you that flexibility and allow you to like empower yourself a little more to really step in and be like, what do I want this to be about? What does it mean? What do I want to happen from here? And it's funny. I feel like the COVID brides really sort of showed lots of different ways, like having your wedding canceled and having your whole plans thrown out. It's it's terrible on its face. And for other people, they really made it mean that like the wedding wasn't the most important thing or the micro wedding was the sanctity and sacred moment that like they really wanted. And they just, some people were really able to pivot and other people were really stuck in a different mentality. Obviously there's a million circumstances and reasons why, but I just think that really people were able to craft a narrative around it and make meaning of it 
in such different ways. And then the other thing I offer in this chapter is that Abraham Hicks quote, nothing has gone wrong here. And I think that is just like a fun, that's a real fun mantra to keep in your head when it feels like everything is going wrong. And it's just a nice way because we have that negativity bias, right? Our brain's always looking for like what's going wrong when you're just like, nothing's gone wrong, right? You're kind of scooching it to look for like all the ways in which it's going to be okay. There's a solution for every problem. Maybe it doesn't make sense now, but it will make sense in the future. Why things are working out in this way. Like just telling yourself nothing has gone wrong here also kind of unlocks your creativity too for problem solving. It's sort of the kind of goes hand in hand with the other mantra that everything is always working out for me, right? Like the more you're just like, this is what I believe about my life. And this is just a guiding thought that is really exciting and really cool. And I can look back at my whole life and see the ways in which that was true. And I can use it as a filter. And so when things are tricky or confusing or overwhelming, I can say, nothing has gone wrong here. Everything's always working out for me. And that I'm telling you unlocks so much creative power and ease right? It lessens the tension. I just love how it kind of just throws a little kink in your brain's automatic, like, of course, like this is happening. Everything's going wrong. Nobody gets it. Nobody cares. Like that negativity that's just really overrides our brain. These sentences really just kind of perk it up and be like, wait, what? What if that was true? How is that true? And so that's really sort of the section on emotional elegance. And so I hope it's really helpful for you to just think about the importance of being really intentional and flexible with your thinking. And it doesn't mean that like you suck at this. If your initial reaction to things is feeling hurt or betrayed or disappointed or overwhelmed or stressed, you can have that reaction and then you can still pause and try out some of these ideas and see if you can then, right, gather yourself up And then move from there because the emotional elegance is really trying to give you that space, right? That space to then have the grace to act in a way that like is in your highest intention and is the best for your relationship with the people that you care about because that's what matters the most to me. And so, yeah, I just love this whole idea of emotional elegance. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think of it. As always, like jump on my mailing list. I love chatting with you guys. People write to me, give me ideas. Love that. I also love seeing you on Instagram and TikTok. Kara, the bridal coach. And you know the other thing, if you want help cultivating this emotional elegance because you're feeling like so the opposite of elegant right now, do not stress. You are not as far away from it as it feels. Reach out, schedule your one-on-one, and we will get you back to Bridal Bliss. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I am wishing you nothing but the good stuff. Take care.